We've been talking about 2020 vision since the beginning of the year. Last week, or excuse me, I think it was Wednesday, we talked about God's presence, being in the presence of God, encountering the presence of the Holy Spirit. How many know today that's what you've been doing? You've been encountering the Holy Spirit. You've been encountering his presence. And I want to continue with our theme this week, 2020, or this month, excuse me, 2020 vision, the peace of God. How many know we have to have peace? In every situation, we have to have peace. Uh, I've got a friend over here, Sister Jamie, uh, slipped in on us today. Years ago, I coached her son in baseball. Most of you know I, I, I coached baseball for years and years. There's not always peace on the baseball field. Sometimes there's not peace with the parents and the coach. And you strive for peace. You want peace. Everybody wants peace. Sometimes we don't even realize we want peace. We're looking for something we don't realize. It's peace. We want that reassurance that everything's going to be all right. What is that? Peace. I want us to see you today. I want to try to show you how we can know the peace of God. I know that people have their own perspective of what peace is, whether it's on a baseball field, whether it's on a job site, whether it's our relationship with God. When I was growing up back in the 70s, I heard a lot of people talking about peace. Peace, angel. Hey. Headband, long hair. Peace. Brother Tony, do you remember them days? <laughs> he looks like he's a headband away from sticking up two fingers, I'm just telling you. I heard someone say one time, I want to die peacefully. I believe that's what Brother Allen did. I heard him say this, that I want to die peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather but not like the other passengers that was in the car with him. Since the beginning of the year, we've been talking about the year 2020, but we're also talking about our spiritual eyes being open and seeing God and the things that God wants us to see here in 2020, having that 2020 vision in the spiritual rim. If we want the blessings of God that God wants us to experience, or to obtain the riches that God has stored up for us here and in the next life. We have to see God and understand God. He's the one that gives us peace. No, we don't know everything there is to know about God. And, but he did give us a love letter to follow. I'll do like I did in youth. And I've did it to you guys a lot of times. Do we still believe this is the holy word of God? Infallible. No errors in it. This is preserved for me and you. The holy word, and I'm so thankful for it. It doesn't matter what version you're reading. Well, I guess it does if they're misinterpreting it, but it is the holy book of the Bible. He wants us to study it. We talked about studying last Sunday, about studying and showing ourselves approved. Next, we can see with our 2020 vision that we had to have an encounter with the presence of the Lord. I preached on that Wednesday. First, we must be saved. 
I hope I'm talking to Christians tonight, but if I'm not, at the end of this sermon, you're going to have an opportunity for this to be the best day of your life. We must be saved. That should be our first encounter with God. After that, we should be seeing God through his word. I'm telling you, you can ask my parents. I went to school. I was voted least likely to succeed. I was bullied in school, and everybody knows I was homeschooled. <laughs> but to sit here today and tell you that I love to read amazes me. I love to read God's Word. I love to read. I had to put it down because I get to read in the Word and get interested. It's, it's, it's the best book you're ever going to read. There's so many storylines in there. You're just like, wow, I can't believe they did that. And then some of it's funny, and then some of it's like, God's got a great big sense of humor. I can see that right there. God's word is so interesting, but you'll fall in love with it. The reason why we don't read God's word like we should, we got to fall in love with Jesus. When we fall in love with Jesus, we're going to want to read that word. And the more we read it, the more we can't put it down. I was talking to somebody last week and talking about the word of God. You don't just have to sit and read it all the time. You can listen to it too. Technology. We need to be useful. or We need to be using the technology that we have. Play the word of God. If you don't have an app, come see me after church. I'll show you an app. I play the Word of God when I can. When I can't sit down and read, I just play it in the background. It's getting in me. I sit and watch Christian television when I go to sleep, so it's getting in me. We must have encounters with God in our prayer time. We should also recognize when God has led us in an encounter with Him. I told the story last week of running into someone at Harps, and, and there's all, all sorts of stories I could go into about when you have encounters outside of these four walls, the presence of God, all of a sudden, I've been talking to people about baseball, and the, 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 the conversation gets turned, not by me pushing something, but just the Holy Spirit turned. All of a sudden, I can feel the Holy Spirit come over me. I can feel that anointing. I was like, wow, am I glowing? I'm looking for a mirror. I'm like, there's got to be a, like a halo over me right now. I can feel God. Nobody else does that, huh? Just me. Okay. Whether we're encountering God's presence while witnessing to someone or when we dedicate time to God or just like today, we show up right here on a Sunday morning. We have an encounter with God, the Almighty God, the El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Do you know that's exactly what we're doing here today? We're having an encounter with God. We're getting into his word. We're going to be reading into his word when we show up faithfully to God's house, expecting with anticipation, I say this all the time, you get to early to places you want to be at. If it's a baseball game, we always want to go early. We got to go get autographs, try to get a foul ball or batting practice of baseball. You always want to go early. We went to a couple football games this year, and Cardin just had to have Larry Fitzgerald's autograph. And he got it. Because I was there two hours early. But we were expecting we went there expecting to have a good time. We went there expecting for something big to happen, and it did for him that day. That's the way we had to be with God and his house. Come here expecting God. To, not just a normal service. Well, three sermons. Or three sermons. How many ones? Three, three songs, an offering, 15-minute sermon, short prayer. Let's go home. And by the way, I started saying let's go eat and then go home. Thank you for all that's fasting. 
I'm not harping on anyone. I don't care if you fast water, you know, whatever you want to do. Some people's fasting soda, they're fasting social media. Whatever you're doing, do it in secret. I don't want to know about it. Just give something to the Lord. Give that time to him. And more importantly, I said this last week and I'll say it again. The fasting is great. We're told in, our, in the word to fast, but pray, but pray, but pray. That time you spend with God is invaluable. In God's presence, the last thing I say about God's presence here right, right, right on this subject is there's fullness of joy in God's presence. Hallelujah. I could go on and say a bunch. I, I said this the last thing. It's not. When you're in the presence of God, there's healing in his presence. Amen. When Jesus left this planet, I'm going to take my text from this today. John 14 and 27. If you'll stand with me, we're going to reverence the word of God as we read. And we're going to go before the Lord and pray. He gave us a powerful gift when Jesus left this planet. It's found in John 14, 27. And it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hallelujah. Father, as we look to you today, I'm so thankful for your word. So thank you, thankful that it's anointed, Father. We can feel the Holy Spirit through your word. Father, as I come to you, I ask you, Lord, to anoint me. Anoint me with the Holy Ghost, Father, that I can minister your word, that I can say in season the word that this congregation needs to hear. Lord, let us be fertile ground for your word to take root in our hearts today. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross as I minister today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. Peace. Peace. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Old, old song we used to sing, peace may be the most elusive thing in the world. All the world today is looking for peace. Virginia is looking for peace. The United States is looking for peace. Iran, Iraq, they're searching for peace, but they want it in their own way. It's the truth. You think, well, they don't want peace. They're doing this. They want peace, but they want it in their own way. All the world is searching for peace. We want peace that will sustain us even when there's conflict. Ronald Reagan, one of our greatest presidents, in my opinion, was quoted as saying, peace is not the absence of conflict. It is the ability to handle conflict by peaceful manners. We're always searching for peaceful means to solve our conflicts. With our spouse, our kids, our family, with our ex, with our boss, our co-workers, our friends, our government, our whole world is searching for peace. And whether we realize it or not, we're all, all looking for a deep peace. You may be able to get along with somebody. You may not just get in a fight with them when you're around them. But you know what? After a while, that's so uncomfortable. You need a peace of God. You need a peace of God just to be with some people. I need a peace of God just to drive to Conway. We got in the car Friday and took off. And before I get to Conway, I told Shelly, I said, I know I shouldn't even open my mouth, but 
do these people, it's like the Truman Show. They just, as soon as I pull out, they all pull out too. I'm just, it's amazing. They're all wearing dunce caps and all bottle, pop bottle glass. It's, it's awful when I drive. At Christmas time, we hear the word shalom. Shalom means peace. The scripture we hear at Christmas is this, Isaiah 9 and 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. So what is peace? If we were to define peace today, we might say it's a quietness, rest, a calm assurance. Webster said it this way, in a general sense, a state of quiet or tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation. Well, man, that cuts my brother out right there. Agitation. I thought it was funny. but Webster also said that peace was freedom from war with a foreign nation and public quiet. But the scripture is talking about a sanctifying peace. There's a vast difference in peace with God, which all believers have. If you've made your peace with God, you've asked God to forgive you of your sins, you're at peace with God. Amen? Do we have any believers in the house? Amen? You've made your peace with the Lord. When we are saved, we've made peace with God. But what Jesus is talking about here is the peace of God. It's very important. Albert Barnes said this, this was a common form of benediction among the Jews. It is the invocation of the blessings of peace and happiness. And I'll interpret that for you. In the Jewish cultures back in them days, it was very common for you to say, peace be with you. Shalom. You could use that just like you said, hello. Goodbye. Hello. Goodbye. Very common. So when you read that scripture, it kind of brings some understanding to it. He wasn't just spouting this off, hey, peace be with you. Peace out. It wasn't like that at all. He wanted his peace, his peace to be with us. Ephesians 2.14 says, for he is our peace. Peace came from him. He's the one that has the power to make peace because he is peace. He is the prince of peace for he is our peace. Dake said, I leave you. I leave with you my last, my best, my dying legacy, peace. Not the kind the world gives. He's talking about the salutations. Matthew Henry says that in, first of all, I do not come, uh, Lost my spot. Give me, give me just a second. Matthew Henry says that in, in number one, first of all, I do not uh, compliment you with peace be unto you. No, it is not a mere formality, but a real blessing. He's letting them know this is not just, I'm not just saying something. It's a real blessing. The peace I give is of such a nature that the smiles of the world cannot give, nor the frowns of the world can take away. Hallelujah. I'm glad I don't have something the world can take away. They can lock me up. They can do whatever they want for me. They can't get inside of here and what I have with God. Amen? The peace which Christ gives is infinitely more valuable than that which the world gives. The world's peace begins with ignorance and in ignorance. Consists 
with sin and ends with endless trouble. Christ's peace begins in grace, consists with no allowed sin, and ends at length in everlasting peace. When Christ was about to leave the world, he made his will. Here it is. His soul he committed to his father. His body he bequeathed to Joseph to be decently taken care of. His clothes fell to the soldiers. His mother he left to the care of John. But what should he leave to his poor disciples that they had left everything for him? Silver and gold? No. He didn't have any. But he left them what was better. His peace. That's what he left them. His peace. We may search in different places, in different ways. But all we are searching, we are all searching for peace in our lives. Sadly, many are looking for peace in all the wrong places. Some are looking for peace in an intoxicating beverage. If I could just get to the bottom of this bottle, I'll forget all my troubles. I'll have that peace. While others are looking to drugs of all kinds to find that inner peace that continues to escape them. Some are looking for peace by satisfying the lust of the flesh or the lust of their eyes. Some are looking for peace in financial gain. Or another spouse. And I'm sure there's those that are looking for peace in other world religions, mediations, palm readers, searching for peace. The nations of the world are seeking peace so that all of mankind can live together in harmony. But the Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3, For when they shall say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction cometh upon them. As travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Isaiah 57 and 20 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. Verse 21 says, There is no peace, saith my God to the wicked. To have peace, you have to know God. How many have seen that on a church billboard before? No God, no peace. No God, no peace. They spell it differently. There you go. Let me tell you, there will never be a continuing world peace until Jesus comes and establishes his kingdom on earth. Then there will be world peace. Revelations 20 and 1 says it like this. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. After that, he must be loosed a little season. But if you want peace in your life, you must make peace with God. We need to remember that all men are born sinners, alienated from God, all that means is that we're separated from God in his favor. Sin is separated. As Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Man ruined things. People say, well, if God was really out there, then nothing bad would ever happen. Really? He made a perfect world for man to live in, but we see the results of sin and what man chose to do. That's why we're in the shape we're in today. 
Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That baby being born has no choice. He's being born into sin. Being born into sin. A holy God has never accepted sin and will never accept sin. Because of that fact, there is contention between man and God. And there's only one way to come to God, and that's through the atoning work of Jesus at Calvary. It's all about the cross. It's all about the cross. What Jesus did, what he went through, it's all about the cross. It's all about the cross. Hallelujah. True peace comes to man when he repents of his sins and turns from them to a just God. You must be born again. John 3 and 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot, cannot see the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He wants to reconcile us. He doesn't want bad things to happen to us. He wants to fix things. What Adam and Eve did, he sent his son to fix. Amen? Hallelujah. Then being reconciled to God, we'll have peace. That passes our understanding. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes, passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. We need that peace. In the world we live in today, we need that peace. When there's all sorts of things right around the corner, we can see what's about to happen in our world. We need peace that God's still in control He's not caught off off guard. He knows what's going on. He knows what President Trump's doing. He knows what Russia's doing. He knows what Iran, Iraq, and any other country's doing. God is still in control. He is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Barnes said about this scripture right here, which passes, it's hard for me to say, passeth, passeth all understanding. That is, which surpasses all that man has conceived or imagined. Farther than to my mind, I've got a crazy, crazy imagination. I can imagine a lot of crazy things. But this says it passes my understanding. It's past what I think is, you know, it just blows my mind. You ever seen them commercial where the head of somebody would just blow off? I don't know if that's a Slim Jim commercial or something. But anyway, it blows off like that. That's the way I feel sometimes. I read something in God's Word. I was reading yesterday, and God showed me some things through the Scripture, and I was just like, Really, God? That's what that means. So after I read the word of God, I was like, I'm going to run and look at these commentaries. If I'm the only one that believes this, and I went through reading commentaries, and they were all saying the same thing. I was like, I'm just dumb, I guess. I just get it later than everybody else does. Anybody else like that? You get a revelation from God, and like, well, that's really good. And you go to talk to somebody else about it, and they're going, yeah, we already knew that. What are you talking I rode the slow bus, the short bus, three students. So no matter what is going on in our life, no matter what crisis we're experiencing, we will remain at peace if we are saved and we keep our minds stated upon the Lord. He is our peace. Isaiah 26.3 says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Keep your mind on God. Trust in God. Trust is a fancy word for faith. Faith. I'm trusting I have faith 
that Shelly's going to feed me this afternoon. It'll probably be hay or some oats or something like that. She's going to feed me something on this Daniel fast. I have faith and trust in her. But we have to have faith and trust in our God that he's going to take care of every situation. He's going to give us that perfect peace because he is peace. They said that this is a promise for all men and all ages who meet the condition of keeping in mind, keeping the mind stayed on God. And who trust in him at all times and in all things and all places. Perfect peace and spiritual warfare and sickness and health and poverty and riches. Peace in the valley or on the mountains. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Brother Charles, when you're laid up in the hospital, there's still peace that God gives to us. Dad, when you're laid up in the hospital, there's still peace. There's that reassuring. I don't care what the doctors know, what the nurses know. I know Jesus. I know the Prince of Peace. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen because God allowed it to happen because I'm in perfect peace with my Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. John 14, 27 is our, is our text today. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth. But he's saying, give I unto you. I'm giving it to you. It's not a salutation. I'm giving you peace. Real peace. Let, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. There's no reason to fear anything. There's no reason to fear. I think there's a scripture in the Bible that says something about he didn't give us the spirit of fear. But of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let not your heart be troubled for any evils past or present. Neither let they be afraid of any evil to come. Those of us that are interested in the covenant of grace and entitled to the peace which Christ gives because of our conversion at salvation should not yield to the overwhelming griefs and fears. Life is going to happen. Things are going to happen to us. Bad thing. I'm going to give you a big revelation here. If you didn't know this, just write this down. This is, this is, this is great. Tweet it out later. Bad things happen to good people. I'll use Peyton as an example. He was up here today. My mom one time said about Peyton, son, I know he's not, but if there was ever a perfect child... That's the one. Well, dad has a different opinion. Although I love all three of my kids, he's not perfect, I promise you. Well, I lost my train of thought on that one. And it just totally left me. We're going back. The first verse of chapter 14 of our text today Starts out by saying, John 14, 1, it says, let not your heart be troubled. How many knew it was in, in chapter 14 twice? But this time he says, let, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Hallelujah. And now here at the conclusion of verse 27, he repeats the words, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Deuteronomy 31 and 8 says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. That's not my English. 
But what he's telling you right there is, don't fear. Have peace. Have peace. In the midst of your storms, have peace. When things are not going right, have peace. Have peace. God gives us the peace. God gives us this peace. Shelly, would you come back? I've asked her to play a song for us today. I don't know if she's got it ready. I don't know if she knows it. She has peace about this song that she knows it. Would you stand with me? I want to ask you something. Please be very respectful to the Holy Spirit. No one talking, no one moving around. If you would, bow your head with me. The altar service is the very most important part of this service today. Life is full of things that cause Christians to lose their peace. When we lose our peace, fear takes its place and fear sets up residence. Whether it's finances, we don't know how we're going to pay the bills. The word says, my peace I give unto you. 